We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. And we are back. Thanks for coming back with us. Wesley, in studio today, we have Tom Doyle from E3 Partners. People who've been following Engage for a while uh, may remember back in November of 2015, during the, the span, you know, International Day of Prayer picks two Sundays, the first two Sundays of the month of November, uh, to specifically pray for the persecuted church. And Wesley, in, in our conjunction with that, we wanted to, we've had an opportunity and we sent out letters to the surviving family members of the 21 Coptic Christians that were killed on the beach in Libya. You can um, check that out. But uh, Yeah, and so and keep in mind, Engage is brand new, we're, uh, six yep. months old. And so that was the first project that we undertook. And we uh, everything we do at Engage is just thoroughly prayed over, uh, uh, talked amongst many Christians, and we kind of go through and kind of shape that. And so it was a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. When that was brought to us, that we wanted to get on board with the Orange Letter campaign. Yeah, and I've got to tell you how that came about because sure. it's a really, really cool story. So uh, there's a book out called "Killing Christians: Living the Faith Where It's Not Safe to Believe," and I read it and was and it was just blown away by this phenomenal book. And uh, I went to to the editor of the, the AFA Journal and said, uh, "Randall, I really want to interview this guy and and do an article on." you know, Christian persecution in general, but then also discuss this book. And so I contacted Tom Doyle, who is the author, and uh, and he said, you know what would be really cool? What if we just sent letters and then I've got a trip, uh, you know, over to the Middle East coming up and then I can just take them and deliver them. And so we have Tom in studio right now. So first off, thank you for being here, Tom. Oh, it's great to be here. And I, I look back at that campaign Amazed at what God did. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We had, I can't remember, there were several thousand letters that were delivered. Uh, now, they were emailed to you. Some of them were, um, weren't so much letters, but rather pictures that were drawn by Sunday school classes and all kinds of things. And you took them and printed them off and then delivered them to these wives, mothers, children, um, the family members. So tell us, first off, how... How did they respond to seeing these letters? Well, I think they were overwhelmed. They didn't They didn't realize that that many people knew who they were. They knew the story. Really, when you think about it, of course, they don't have television. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that the picture of the 21 martyrs became sort of a Tiananmen Square picture of the man in front of the tank. That mm-hmm. that summarized the year of persecution, that that picture. Uh, they were overwhelmed. They, they were joyed. All, all of them cried. We went to three different villages. To, to be able to hit all of the widows. And they all cried and uh, just were so thankful, held the letters toward their heart. Um, obviously, they went through horrible grief, finding out w- w- gruesome death that their husband, their sons right. went through. But th- this just brought them so much joy. And um, they, they just thanked us over and over. Amen. You know, and um, you know, one of the things that that you had told me when you met with um with one of the mothers whose sons was um was killed on that beach, um her response was yes, they they mourned, but her response was really unique. Uh it, something that I would never have expected to hear and that was she said she was blessed to have her family chosen to participate in martyrdom. So Tell us a little bit about what she was yeah. saying there. She said, who are we? We live in an insignificant village in Egypt, and we don't even read. Mm. And Jesus chose us. 
to have someone in our family receive the high honor of being able to die for him. She said, I have two other sons. It would be terrible. I'd go through so much grief again, but I gladly give them up to die for Jesus mm. if that's what he called me to do. Wow. Now that right there is why we wanted to have you in studio, why we partnered with you is because that message, what you just shared, is very difficult for us to uh, understand, but also to kind of um to kind of get our mind around that. Now, but those are our witnesses, uh, examples to us as Christians. Now, one of the things I want to ask you and our audience, we like to shape them to where they'll be engaged. So what can we do? We understand that not all Christians are called overseas to witness in the capacity that you're doing, though many are. Your sons are. That's awesome. But for someone who's listening right now, who's a factory worker, a truck driver, someone who is a teacher, um, or like me, you know, just a, or just an everyday eight to five worker. How can we be involved in the persecuted church, specifically in the area that you're talking about? Mm. I think number one is is to pray. And you know, Paul said, if one of us suffers, we all suffer. Amen. So we're a family. We link arms. We want them to know that we're with them. We may not be called to suffer in the United States, but I do think that's coming. Yeah, I agree. and there are cases of yeah. it where former Muslims that love Jesus now were killed, and those. Cases yeah. are in court, Oklahoma and another state. So the, I think that's on its way. But you think about the organ shooting. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, he asked them, he asked them to lay down and, yep. he, and he walked them one by one and said, if you're a Christian, stand up. If you are, you'll see Jesus, you'll see God in one second. Shot that, I, I mean, that is yeah. Middle East style right yeah. there mm-hmm. that's, that's come to our country. And so absolutely, I think it's on its way. But we can pray for them. And the best thing you can do is get on our 838 Facebook page, uh, number eight. 30 spelled out, and then 8 for Romans 8, 38, 39. And mm-hmm. we, every night at 8.38 p.m., our watch or our phone goes off, and we stop and pray for those that are in prison, persecution, mm. and danger. Now, yes. what does the 8.38 come from? And 8.38 comes from Romans 8, 38, and 39, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing— shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We want believers to know in the Middle East, we're standing with them, praying that prayer for them. As we're kind of winding down our night, they're getting ready to get up. They don't know what they're going to face that day. Absolutely. And with Engaged, uh, the theme we always share is to share truth and apply scripture. And you just shared with us some scripture, and you're applying it by praying. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that we always, you know, whenever I pray for the persecuted church, which, by the way, I've got the uh, the 838 app and follow them on Facebook. Tell us the the Facebook is just facebook.com slash. And then number eight and then 30 spelled out and eight. Okay. And that'll get it. And that'll get you there. So I would highly encourage everybody to go to uh, Facebook 838, like that page, follow the page and um, and then get it. But one thing I'd really like for you to discuss here are. What specifically can we be praying for the persecuted church? Mm-hmm. So what are some specifics that, that they need us to be praying for? Here's the number one thing they ask us to pray for, boldness. Mm-hmm. They are bold. Yeah. They're, they're much more bold than us, but they pray for that. I have never been with persecuted believers throughout the whole Middle East that have ever once prayed that the persecution would stop. Mm. Wow. I've never heard it. They, they say, Lord, teach us what we need to know. Use us for your glory. We realize that we are lambs being led to a slaughter, but we're willing to do that because mm-hmm. you were the lamb of God. You died for our sins, so we're willing 
to follow you, Jesus, in that. So we do pray for protection. They, they for them, right. they don't ask for it. They pray for boldness, and they want to see the gospel spread. So Right, and that's the thing. We, we pray that it would end. You mm-hmm. know, we may yeah. be praying that for them. Um, you know, but one of the things that, that amazes me in uh, Killing Christians, Living the Faith Where It's Not Safe to Believe, which, by the way, where can they get that book? You can get it on uh, Christian Books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere. Okay. Yep. Which, again— Fantastic book. Uh, but one of the things that, that amazed me is their response to the persecution. Some choose to leave, but some pray about it and, and feel by led by God to stay. Mm-hmm. And the the courage that that takes and the faith that that takes, uh, especially there's one chapter in particular in the book called The, the Only Empty Graveyard in Damascus. Syria. In Syria. Yeah. The Only Empty Graveyard in Syria. Um Real briefly, can you tell us sure. uh, a bit of the, that story? Yes. Farid was meeting with the underground leaders. There were 10 of them, and he said, we need to decide, are we staying or going? They're going to close the borders. We may not be able to go. You have wives. You have children. Let's pray and fast for a week. If we're going to leave Syria, we probably have to do it within sure. this month. Mm-hmm. So let's pray. Let's meet back here if God calls you to stay. He comes back a week later, opens the basement door of this underground place where they meet, and he wondered, is there going to be anybody there? Are they going to stay? Why would they? They have little children. And he walked in, and there wasn't five leaders there. There wasn't 10. There was 25. Mm-hmm. They'd recruited 15 more, 25 leaders. They went out, took their money, bought a plot of land so that they can bury each other in Syria when they die for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this. When you read the book, Killing Christians, Living the Faith, Where It's Not Safe to Believe, Get a box of Kleenexes and put it next to you. <laughs> As a grown man, I was so happy that yeah. I read it by myself because it's stories like that that absolutely made me cry. And you're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Uh, we like to bring you perspective from culture through the eyes of a biblical review, but also how how we how that gospel engages the culture around us. Our parent ministry is American Family Association. And their mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundation foundation of our culture but listen to the second part also to give aid to the church here and abroad and the task of fulfilling the great commission and one way we're able to give um, aid to the church here and abroad is to partner with e3 partners in the orange letter campaign mm-hmm. yeah in the orange letter campaign where we sent out letters to the persecute or to uh to surviving family members of uh, those 21 Coptic Christians that were killed. And if you want to read more about that, we have uh, our entire campaign. Uh, you can just go to engagemagazine.net and search uh, Orange Letter Campaign, and it'll pull up. But it was a great campaign. We were so appreciative to Tom and E3 Partners for that. I want to share a passage of Scripture from Philippians. When you were talking about praying for boldness, I thought about this. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectations and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that I will fulfill, sorry, that I will feel courage now as always, as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And the fact that he asked for, 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 for boldness there reminds me that no matter what the circumstances is, we, that's what we need. That's what they That's what they need. That's what Paul needed, and that's, that's right. what they need. That's right. I mean, we would feel sorry for them. Sure. Lord, let them. I mean, I think about when I'm in trials, it's not uncommon. Lord, where's the escape hatch? Is this sure. over yeah, yet? Absolutely. But they don't pray that. They pray for boldness. They mm-hmm. see in a place like Syria that the underground church 
is the fiber of what God is doing there, and it's raising up. And this is the only way where Alawites and Sunnis can be reconciled together. It's not going to happen through the UN. Right, it's right. not going to happen through the peace treaty. When you reconcile with God, you can reconcile with others. And to see them worship together in the streets, they're killing each other. And now around Jesus, they're worshiping together and washing each other's feet. Yeah. Wow. And you and I, we were talking outside of before the program started, and you were giving us some numbers and statistics of the church growing there. What were those numbers again? Well, it's the fastest growing church in the middle in the world right now is in the Middle East, right in the shadow of ISIS. Mm-hmm. It's the fastest growing. So in uh, the last 10 years, more Muslims have come to faith in Christ than in the last 14 centuries oh, wow. of the religion. Now, you are part of E3 Partners, which goes out and, and equips and helps plant churches and do discipleship. And you're the regional director of the Middle East and Asia. So one, because we only have a few minutes, where can people learn more about you and about what you do? Okay, they can go to e3partners.org. And they can look up what we're doing. We we take teams in. We speak in churches. We help people come up with a strategy on how to reach Muslims in their city. The Great Commission is not only out there. It's coming here. Yeah, yeah. It's in our Absolutely. cities. So China's sending a lot of missionaries to America right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we're are. really in pre-Christian yeah. America. Yeah. When you look at some of the polling and what people— um, Understand for which the is Bible. why it's important. Let me just I'm sorry for interrupting here, which is important as Christians here in America. That it's important that we fulfill the Great Commission first in our homes mm-hmm. and then also in our communities and, and locally. And then praying that the Lord are asking the Lord, does he have some place to send us as a missionary? But it starts in our individual lives right. and it starts in our individual families. Yeah, absolutely. And if you could say, you know, we, we talked about the Orange Letter campaigns, which we'll be doing again in 2016 with E3. Um, but what is one way that somebody listening can serve the persecuted church right now? We do say we, we do know prayer, uh, but are there any one other actionable thing that they can do? Well, you know what? They actually can go. We work with the persecuted church on the front lines. They can go and work. We're working with Christians from Mosul that are producing little little coasters with the Arabic noon, the Arabic oh, nen, yeah. n of the Nazarene Christian over there. Right. right. We, yeah. We've had for two years or for 2,000 years, two symbols. Now we have three. Yeah. It's it's the Arabic noon. We're working with them. They can That's go awesome. work they can with, go with well, you. Tom, yeah. thank you again so much for being with us. Tom Doyle from E3 Partners. You are, you have been listening to Engage Magazine on AFR.net. If you've got an idea for an episode, let us know at engagefaq at afa.net. Otherwise, come check us out at engagemagazine.net.